Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, it's a penny for your thoughts here. Monday morning quarterback show today as we're in the uh, mid to late September now, September the 20th. Good to have you with us here on this Monday morning. We'll do our Monday morning quarterback show with Lauren Tate. We'll talk Illini football. We'll talk Bears. We'll talk pro football. We'll talk the top 25. We'll talk volleyball. We'll talk whatever uh, you want to talk about in that regard. We will start, though, and we'll take an opening break here, and we'll come back. We'll get him on the line. Dan McLaughlin, the great uh, TV voice for the St. Louis Cardinals, We'll talk about the hottest team in the major leagues, the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll do all that with Dan. They swept the Padres over the weekend. They've won eight in a row and ten of eleven. They haven't lost since Lauren Tate was down there to see him play. Well, they lost once. One time. One time, yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's <laughs> so the I ten think of eleven. Won nine out of ten or something since yeah, we were there, yeah. Something like that. So anyway, they sweep the Padres. They're up three now in the wild card race for that second spot. So we'll talk to Dan about that. So that'll take us to the bottom of the hour, and then we'll open it up about the uh, game on Friday night. The Illini lost to Maryland. Bears win yesterday over the Bengals. All of that straight ahead on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll take our opening break, and we'll bring Lauren in. We'll get Danny Mack on. All of that straight ahead on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, 9.09 on A Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning, our Monday morning quarterback show. Lauren Tate is with me, as he usually is every Monday. And we'll get into all the Illini talk here after the bottom of the hour. But we want to talk to the... TV play-by-play voice for the St. Louis Cardinals, the hottest team in baseball right now, so he's riding high, Dan McLaughlin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. How about you, Brian? Well, good to have you on. I took a gamble, I thought, last week. We'll see if the Cardinals are still as hot as they've been uh, when we have you on this morning, but boy, they sure are, aren't they? You know, they're playing great baseball, and, and it's been a long time coming with the way that uh, this season has gone. It's If you're a Cardinal fan, I think there's been more frustration than there has been highs. But now this is the highs. Uh, it's an eight-game winning streak. They haven't won eight in a row since August of 2018. Uh, they have now a three-game lead over two teams, three-and-a-half over another. And somebody asked me, it was a week ago Monday, Brian, they said, man, do you think this team gets in? And I said, well, ask me in a week. I, th- I think we'll have a better idea next Monday. Well, here we are, and it's not done yet, but I, I've got a lot of better feelings about this team going into the final two weeks than I did just uh, even a week ago. I was going to say, Dan, you're like me. You follow a team every day. You're around them every day. Uh, sometimes when, when times are down, when you're struggling, you can kind of sense their stuff growing underneath all the bad stuff happening. Did you see any of this coming back two months ago, say? Well, I I think the one thing that I I kept on holding out hope for was, because I did think it was a fairly decent team. I didn't know if it would be this good, and they're playing beyond my expectations. I I knew they were not as bad as they had played. Um, The month of June was historically bad in, in terms of the numbers, the losses, what they were doing pitching-wise, what they were doing offensively, and I, I just knew that they were not that team. 
So I did anticipate that they would be better. Um, and I think you've got to give the front office some credit here with what they've done in terms of some of the people that they brought in. Didn't get a lot of fanfare for John Lester and Jay Happ and TJ McFarlane and Luis Garcia. Wade LeBlanc was the first of that group that came in. But I think if we've learned anything this year, Brian, is that if they have folks that, that can throw strikes and if they allow the ball to be put in play, there is an elite defense behind them. And they lead the league all of baseball in defensive runs saved. And it's an athletic club. Um, and so now we're seeing that come to fruition. So I, I did think that they were going to be a better team. I, I wasn't sure if they, if they had dug themselves a hole so deep that it'd be too tough to get out of. Because when you start looking at when you're in that position, it's not just trying to catch one team. It's, it's catching a bunch and leapfrogging a bunch. And they've been able to do it. So destiny now, their own destiny is in their hands to see what they do in the final couple of weeks. And it won't be easy. They've got eight games with Milwaukee. They've got four, first of four, starting tonight with the Brewers, and then the other games are against the Cubs, and you know Chicago would love to play spoiler against St. Louis. So uh, it's not going to be easy here down the stretch. Dan, this is Lauren Tate. Uh, I just saw this today where at this point in 2011, the Cardinals were three and a half games out of the wild card. So it can happen in a hurry, can it? It, it can. And the difference between 11 and this year is thank goodness there's a second wild card. And and that year, in 11, there was only one wild card. So mm-hmm. they had to leapfrog a ton of teams. Um, and we did a graphic, I guess, Lauren, about three weeks ago and said, okay, here's where the 2011 team was uh, in terms of trying to get into postseason play. They had identical records. It was crazy. And now you look at what's happening, and the irony of, of having the 2011 team in the house on Saturday was not lost on a lot of people that this has a, a similar type feel. Now, whether or not they can make that postseason run, time will tell. And if they get in at this point, it looks like they would be facing the Dodgers in, in a one-game playoff potentially to, to you know see how that goes in the final couple of weeks. But there's so many variables that, that go along with this, including luck. Um, but just to, to have this be fun at, down the stretch has just been awesome. And it's, I think it's re-energized the city and the fan base because the crowds over the weekend were really good, and especially the crowd on Saturday. I, I, I said to people, I said it on the air, this felt like Cardinal baseball for the first time in two years. And, yes, we were able to play games last year in front of cardboard cutouts, and, yes, uh, you know we had limited capacity for a while this year, and, there were some decent crowds when they got to 100%, but I'm telling you, uh, there was electricity on Saturday, and, and it was awesome to see. It was great. Do you see, Dan, any late-season changes to the rotation, which, by the way, this rotation is a, just on the face of it is, is about as unimpressive as, as the Cardinals have ever had going into possible playoffs. I mean, and is Flaherty, is Flaherty going to be back? Well, he's going he's gonna to travel with the team. He has traveled with the team after the game yesterday to Milwaukee. So he's going to throw a side session. Um, it'll be interesting what they can do. I mean, he'll be limited, Lauren, in what he could throw. So even if it means coming out of the bullpen or if he makes a start, he'll be limited in his pitch count. But what's interesting in this is that there is a doubleheader against the Cubs coming up. And so, you know, those are seven-inning games. And a lot of times – those turn into bullpen games anyway to where you just go two, two, and two, and then maybe your closer is there in the seventh if you need them. 
So we'll see if that is maybe the direction they go. And I believe that doubleheader is on Friday. So it's something to think about moving forward with Flaherty. Yeah, you've got Hudson lurking out there too, right? Maybe? Yes, and it looks like he'll make one more rehab assignment and then at that point probably rejoins the club and he'll be stretched out. So, you know, do they move him into a starting rotation role? I would doubt it. It would probably be coming out of the bullpen, which he's done before. Um, And so the difference between the two is that Flaherty never worked out of the bullpen. And when guys are creatures of habit and they want to be very, very careful with how they handle both of these guys, um, it's a lot about how they get loose and how they get warm. Where a bullpen guy, a lot of times it's the phone call and get up and get ready and if they're adjusted to that role, you know, it takes them seven, eight pitches sometimes, and, and they're ready to go. And then the pitches that they get on the mound, where when you think about a guy like Flaherty, there's the, the, the just the rhythm and the routine that he's had. So I think they'll be ultra-cautious in his role and probably put it in a starting role maybe briefly for a couple of innings. And, I, again, I could be wrong about this. This is my guess. And then uh, Hudson, I think they'd feel a little bit more comfortable about him coming out of a bullpen. Again, Dan McLaughlin is with us, the outstanding TV play-by-play voice for the St. Louis Cardinals, Valley Sports Midwest with us, talking the Cardinals here off the top. Uh, just wanted to mention, too, Dan, how impressive it is here lately with the teams the Cardinals have been playing, the teams they had to beat. I mean, you're talking about the Padres. Absolutely. I mean, the teams they've swept. You talk about, I know Mike Schill talked about it, too, beating the teams that you have to beat when you have to beat them. You control your own destiny. I mean, that's what they did, basically. Well, essentially, you eliminated the the Mets. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. mathematically alive, but uh, the extra inning win was a significant win. Uh, That was huge, and it it was deflating, you could see, for the Mets. And then uh, with the Padres, this was a huge series, obviously, with so much built up around the Padres and the attention to Tatis and Machado and others, and rightfully so. Cronenworth, they're a very good team, but they have just – fallen apart here in, in August and September and so it, it seemed like it wasn't a legitimate uh, it was like a, a you know total pie in the sky kind of thing to say what well, could you could you even catch San Diego and they've not only caught them they put them three and a half games back so yeah I mean to have those sweeps against teams that you're going head to head with they did take two of three against the Reds they split with the Dodgers it's been kind of a gauntlet of the schedule, and they've come out of it not only good but great. So they, they, they've they earned this spot that they're in, and now we'll see if they can't uh, close it out with the final two weeks. You know, uh, the Padres have been kind of uh, semi-folding for a month, it seems to me like, I, without looking it up. Uh, what happened to the Padres, in your view? Pitching. Okay. Uh, they just kind of, yeah, their pitching just wasn't where it needed to be. Um they even had a bullpen start on their, their road trip they, they uh, just completed yesterday. They had a bullpen start, I think it was last Thursday. Jake Arrieta uh, was hurt um, in the game yesterday. He's only made four starts for them. They had and, and went out and had to sign Vince Velasquez, who was let go by the Phillies, you know, a team that's in contention, and they let him go. He makes a start for them on Friday. So, you know, at the end of the day, their offense has been very good. Tatis is going to wind up with 40-plus home runs. Uh, Machado is an outstanding player. Cronenworth is a, a very good player. Tommy Pham's a good player. Nola's a good player. I mean, all these guys. But at the end of the day, uh, it comes down to can you pitch and can you cover the innings, and they just have not been able to do that. i got to ask you, Wainwright's chances in the Cy Young, what do you think? 
I think he's going to get some votes. I don't think he's going to win. Um, they're going to keep the Cardinals going to keep him on every fifth day. So you're looking at probably three more starts, potentially a fourth. Um, but when you look at what Max Scherzer has done now with the Dodgers, his ERA in nine. Well, first of all, they're nine and zero in his nine starts, and his ERA is something like point seven eight or point eight zero. I think he's going to be in contention. I think that his teammate Walker Bueller will be there. I think Zach Wheeler will get some looks. I think the guys in Milwaukee will get some looks, and I do think Wainwright will get looks, but it's going to be tough for him to win it. Well, you think about it, Dan. Wainwright is one of those guys that kept the Cardinals afloat during the summer. Oh, no he, question. I mean, single-handedly did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he, he's the guy that uh, every fifth day. I mean, it, it was it's a crazy number, and I, I don't have it at the, my fingertips, but off the top of my head, it's something like. The Cardinals or he has won either nine, ten, or there's something like eleven and one and two after a loss when he starts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he, you know, and you think about what a starter is. It's a guy every fifth day that gives you a chance to win and have a, a better chance than the opposition, no matter who they're matched up with. That ace, and it's also about a guy that can stop a losing streak, and he's done that. I, I think the amazing thing is that in this day and age where analytics will tell you that a starter should not go uh third time through a lineup you can throw that book out the window when Wayno's on the mound i mean he's he's giving you a ton of innings and at the age of 40 he's he's going to have a really good shot to go over 200 innings which is remarkable in itself but also in a truncated season and in this day and age of baseball you just you know you just don't see that and uh for him to do that I think if people would really take a deep dive into his season, he's been one of the the top probably five pitchers in all of baseball this year. He's been great. Uh, Dan, I wish you hadn't mentioned Scherzer because I can see him pitching for the Dodgers in that one big playoff game if it comes to that. Of course, they're they're still trying to beat the Giants, I understand, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm sure that – I'm not sure, but I, I know they'd like to have Scherzer ready for that one big game. Well, I mean, when you're the Dodgers, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? So yeah, if you're going down the stretch uh, and Scherzer's spot, I haven't looked at when he would pop up in the rotation, but I'm sure they'd feel fairly comfortable with Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. Um, the list goes on and on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, if it was a winner-take-all one game of those three, I think the, the, the one you don't want to face is Scherzer. But I sure don't want to face the other two either. <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches, yeah. man. They're just uh, they're, that that franchise is just loaded with play. I mean, they've got four former Cy Young Award winners and four former MVPs on their roster, so they're they're pretty good. Well, it, there's so many sparks that happen, so many good things happen when you're winning a lot of games, and baseball's that day to day sport. But uh, Carlson's catch yesterday, oh, and that a good. I one? mean, that just almost lit the fire. Like the offense then scores five runs. It means that kind of momentum that you get on plays like that. I look at this last probably week and a half, man, and there there has been so many big moments. Tyler O'Neill's been in the middle of those a lot. Um, he had the eighth inning home run on Saturday, which put the Cardinals on top. That was a, a moment that will stand out this season. Dylan Carlson, the night before, by the way, had had a, a home run from both sides of the plate, which included, included a grand slam. Then Saturday, he has an outfield assist. Yesterday, he has... Uh, the great play up against the wall. O'Neill had a huge home run against uh, the Mets in Game 2. You had Andrew Kisner coming off the bench in Game 2 against the Mets with 
uh, a base hit that scored two, and they needed every run in extra innings. I mean, the, the list goes on and on about some of these great plays and moments that they've had here recently. And usually you have those with teams that are going to postseason play, but you're right to the point of Carlson kind of setting the tone in the game. That was a, a huge play, and it was the first pitch of the game. So if you weren't in it uh, at your seat or on your lazy boy, you missed out, but I'm sure you got into it. Well, and Goldschmidt and Arenado have been solid all year, but now up the middle, Edmund and Sosa, they're contributing as well. I mean, Edmund's been really hot here in this stretch. Hey, ever since uh, uh, there was an article in the, I believe, in the uh, Post-Dispatch about the fact that uh, Wong had outplayed Edmund in, in multiple ways about a month ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, and since that time, Edmund has been red hot. <laughs> Did you see that, Dan? Well, yeah, I... I uh... You know, I I go on what I watch a lot of times, not what I read. So, um, you know, I I don't think that he was motivated by what somebody wrote or anything like that. No, that's where you're going? No, he, but I, I, it was I just think. a Miklas that used a bunch of stats, and he, you know, he cited statistics in every area and showed sure. where you know that Wong was having a better season. But I don't think he's had a better month. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I I think when you look at Tommy Edmond. Um, at the end of the day, as I, I try to tell everybody that, and I've been doing this a long time, and uh, when you're around it every day, it, it's it, you take every day as a separate game, and you don't worry about what happened the night before. You try not to, and you try not to look ahead. Um, and what I mean by that is when you're in the middle of a season, and Tommy Edmond is a great example, and I, I brought this up on this uh, ball game yesterday on television, you know, there were people they were saying – in the middle of the season, you know, this guy could be the Ben Zobrist of the Cardinals. He's a Swiss Army Knife type player. You can play him in the outfield. If he needed him at third, he could do that. You need him at short, he could do that. need him at second, he could do that. And I just, I never agreed with that. Um, and the numbers now bear this out. When you look at what he's done as a leadoff guy, he is in the uh, top one or two of hits, runs, getting on base, uh, he, he's leading the league in doubles. I mean, he, he's done everything that you've wanted. And I'll tell you what, this guy can flat-out play defense. He made two great plays on Saturday, one to his left, the other to his right. I wouldn't mess with that. And, yeah. and right now, when you look at this lineup, one, two, three, and four over this stretch of two weeks, and Mike Schilt changed up the lineup where he kept Edmund at the top, then he'd have Goldie. Then he'd have O'Neill mixed in there with Arenado. It has made a massive difference. I mean, these guys are, are averaging per game about four runs a game, just those four alone. So Tommy Edmond has been a table setter. And to the point of you, you, let the, you, you let the season play out from an individual standpoint and from a team standpoint. Now, I'm not saying that there are times when there's a guy that's struggling so badly that you have to move him or sit him or whatever the case may be. I, I'm all about that. But when you have a guy like Tommy Edmond, to me, a young player, you kind of let it play out. You know he can do it at this level. And so I, I wouldn't mess with him. I'd keep him right where he's at, and he's had a hell of a year. Dan, I know we need to let you go. A final thought. Uh, I know you got to know Tony La Russa really well. He and the White Sox about to wrap up the Central um, I know a lot of raised eyebrows in Chicago at the time they hired Tony. You know, really? Tony LaRusso? Wow. But, uh, wow, what a job he's done. I love it. 
I think it's great. Um, and I'm excited for Tony. And I, I was around Tony and his, you know, obviously in his tenure here in St. Louis and did the majority of his games here in town. You know, what, what people, Brian, don't understand about Tony that may shock them. And when I tell them this, uh, they are just like, no way. I said, he is the best guy I've ever dealt with in the media side of baseball. And I think it would shock people when I say that because the general view of Tony, and I'm making a, a general statement here, whether you're the opposition or you're the opposing fan base, you can't stand that guy. He's got the sunglasses on. He's, you know, he's got the mean mug. He's, he's, he's always trying to find every little advantage. You can't stand him. But, man, when he's on your side, you love him. And I think it's great that in this day and age when they say, well, this is analytics and this guy won't be able to uh, appeal to the younger generation of, of the players, at the end of the day, man, it's still baseball, and he knows it as well as anybody that's ever done it. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best because he's got a really good team, and, and they're going to have a shot to win it all. Dan, thanks so much for the time today. Keep up the great work. Always enjoy watching and listening to you. And uh, a great ride. Enjoy the ride here for as long as it lasts. And hopefully uh, Cardinals can uh, get us into the postseason here. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me on. All right. We'll thanks, Dan. All right. You That's got it. Dan McLaughlin, the uh, TV voice for the St. Louis Cardinals, Valley Sports Midwest, does a great job. And he's been doing the Cardinal games for over 20 years now. And uh, does a great job with that on the broadcast. All right, nine twenty nine. We'll talk Illini football. Your thoughts on the game from Friday night? If you still are thinking about it, or stewing about it, or whatever the case may be, or maybe you're ready to move on to Purdue. I don't know. We'll find out here as we get ready for the Boilermakers at two thirty on Saturday. Back with more in just a moment. Carlson's last hit with the bases loaded was the grand slam that he hit in Miami. The one one. And Carlson sends a fly ball out to deep center. It's at the wall. Grand slam! Grand slam for the rookie. Oh, what a moment here at Bush. And we just had Danny Mac on. Dan McLaughlin, TV voice for the Cardinals, part of the weekend action. Carlson had a big weekend. The Cardinals sweep the Padres and... Getting down to the final a couple of weeks here of the Major League Baseball season. So, anyway, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If you need some work done on your car, they can do this. A couple of decades they've been at it. Dave and Bill absolutely hands-on. They're in the shop every day. Action speaks louder than words. That's their motto. They've got some great reviews. We've gone through some of those over the years. Free estimates always offered. And they know, by the way, they know what a big deal it is, what a hassle it is. You know, you've had the accident and then... What do you do now? And you got to sort through the insurance and all that sort of thing. We'll just turn the keys over to Dave and Bill, and they'll do everything from that point on. They'll talk to the insurance adjusters. They'll get everything uh, ready to go for you, get your car back uh, or your truck or whatever it is, your vehicle to factory safety specifications. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair. Give them a call or go to gallomiller.com for more information. All right, uh, Mr. Tate, I was up last night at Olympia Fields. Tell me about that. Yeah, Mike Small, his golf program. They raised a little money? They raised a lot of money. <laughs> yes, they did. So all kinds of live auction items. 5000 just to play golf with Underwood, huh? I think it's one of the bids, yeah. There was <laughs> and, uh, four or 5000 for some of the, uh, the pros. Uh, Dylan Meyer was there last night. Beagles was there last night. And uh, a couple other guys were coming in today. 
Mm-hmm. I think Langley and some others. So really, anyway, then we're going to have a big day. They're playing golf today up there. Well, but, he's uh, made Smalls made golf something special, hasn't yes, he? He has not so, only here but in Chicago. So that was a fun night. A lot of folks, uh, George Rouse and other folks from here. A lot of Champagne folks, but also mm-hmm. a lot of folks from Chicago. Had our entire broadcast uh, guys up there. Dion and Doug was up there, and Trent Meacham and all the folks at Cozad and. You name it. Doug Altenberg's a good golfer, you know. Yes, he is. Yeah, I've seen him play. It's a long. It's a different game when he's playing. That's right. Let's go to uh, Steve here on the phone. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call sure. here. I, I'm one of those that have been kind of stewing slash thinking about that Illinois game uh, all weekend. And I know Lauren and I are on the same page about the, the fourth down call, but you know, it's as you watch the football games over the weekend, I watched it at least two or three times where a team in that exact situation went for it on fourth and one, and every single one of them were successful. Well, and that's that's not quite most- true. I saw I saw a couple that weren't successful. <laughs> but, you know, when you say exact, maybe I'm not talking about the exact thing, but there were a lot of fourth and ones that were missed yesterday as well, but... That one that Jackson made was a big one, wasn't it, for Baltimore? Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. They were on their own 43, a minute five left, and mm-hmm. they were like, I'm not giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. We will we'll, we'll, we'll win or lose the game on this fourth and one right here. And they got it, you know, and it just it pays off. And the one thing I never heard anybody talking about was, well, the defense was playing really well. Well, they they were, but. I didn't get that sense. The, the previous drive, they had a chop block. Um, yeah, that was on called. a 41-yard touchdown play. Yeah, back. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just had the sense that Maryland was moving that ball. I, I knew mm-hmm. if we gave it back to them, they were going to march down the field, mm-hmm. score a touchdown. I had no doubt because we had forced them into two three-and-outs that second half. But outside of that, Maryland was either coughing it up on a fumble or they had penalties that killed the drive that they forced him into the punt. And, and I didn't want to bank on that, a turnover or a penalty to save us on winning that game or not. Well, the other thing to think about, though, too, is that if you don't make it, and they had had some third and shorts where they had not gained a lot of yardage, they didn't have their both their, you know, Brown or McCray were available. And so if you don't make it, then you give them the ball on their own 40 or 43 or whatever it was. It would have been the 40. The shorter 40. field. So, yeah, 40. So they so, had to go 40. 60 yards or they had to go 80 yards. Yeah. And if you have the best punter in the country, which I think we do, mm-hmm. I mean, if you pin him inside the 1 or inside the 5, which he wound up being the 15 or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, you could see where the thinking went into that. You know what well, I mean? Absolutely. Make him go 99 I mean, yards. Well, no, instead no, look, of, the thinking that went into this is this. You're missing your number one guard. You're missing your center. You're missing your running main running back uh, at the start of the game. You're missing your freshman, McCray, who looked really good, had 60 yards in the game, including a 38-yard. T- you're, you're missing some key. I'm, I'm taking the, the position here of the coach in that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, with me, I'm thinking if we give them the ball back, it won't matter if they have to go 80 yards or 200 yards. They're going to do it against this defense because the defense can't stop. Uh, we saw in the second half, when the second half started, they marched, what, 75 yards in one, two, three, four, six plays. Then they marched the same distance again, only to fumble on the five-yard line. Then we stopped them. Uh, then they had to fumble. Uh, that Coleman mm. made a great play and right. stole the ball. But, mm-hmm. but the previous time, 
they had a 41-yard touchdown call back. So I had no confidence that we'd stop them. Now, that's mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But I've seen too many Illinois games. You, you know, I, I just <laughs> – I, I just didn't be. Uh, I didn't believe that they could. I thought if we can, ma- if if Illinois could make that first down, and I wrote this, they're they got a ninety percent chance of winning the game because they can run clock now, because you're not going to start calling timeouts with five minutes to go. They they can run that clock way down, and they got and they got their best kicker in field goal range. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier to go do that after you see what happened. Well, it's easier at the, yeah, the time, you know. Of you're, course, you're living in I real time. I was saying yeah. it at the moment. Yeah. I was yelling at that TV, "Go for it! What are we doing? Giving this don't ball give them back. the ball back, Brian. What yeah. do you care? Do you really care where they get it on the uh, with eighty or sixty? Is there a difference for you? <laughs> Beyond, well, I mean, I'm really, well, I, for me, it's yards a, yeah. on that punt. Twenty-six. Is a difference between sixty and eighty? Yeah, I I think there is at that point of the game. Okay. in my opinion. But okay. I mean, when you got the best, well, it's four down territory. From, yeah. uh, from, uh, they're going to be passing four downs for sure, or running it. But see, I was more upset yeah. by the next series because. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought, well, the worst that can happen is we go to overtime. Yeah. And then suddenly we're punting from our own back of the end zone. That to me is more. That would cause me to stew more than anything. So. Well, that was just a disaster. That so. wasn't a. That wasn't a. Mental decision. That was a, just a physical collapse of the offensive line. They couldn't protect yeah. uh, the quarterback. I thought and, it was a pretty and, good catch by Gersotti, but you can't catch it, obviously. The the lineman. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> can't yeah. do that, but it was that, good. That kind of capped it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's 55. Maybe that. he's a tight end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do agree that. That just shows you how much lack of trust Bielema had in that situation to make that one yard. And and I even would point more towards the offensive linemen than I would the running backs. I think the running backs would have been fine no matter who you had back in there to get one yard or you could QB sneak it. But you're missing Kramer, your top offensive lineman. Julian Pearl, who I didn't realize that I saw this statistic on Twitter. I don't know where they get this, but they're saying he was he's ranked one of the top 70 linemen in FBS right now on these grades they give them. Um, so I don't know how they, they analytics, how they do that. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're missing him. You got a lot of backups in there. That just shows the lack of trust that he had to get that one yard. And he would have rather taken his chances with the defense. But, if, you know, I, I've said this multiple times. We, we got to win close games uh, to be successful this year. We're, we're now, you know, We've won one against Nebraska. I'd consider that close. And then uh, mm-hmm. the other two, we, we've fallen here. So do I think we'll win four or five more games um, to make a bowl game? Uh, very unlikely. But I think Purdue will be another close game. And, mm-hmm. you know, can we do it or not? And Well, here's the thing. We're, we're looking to play close games this year, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was our goal. A lot of them are going to be close. We know they're going to yeah. be close. And, mm-hmm. and uh, this game could have gone either way. I mean, obviously, it could have gone either way. The, the Illini got a huge break on that 63-yard touchdown play. Yeah. Fumbled and picked up and run and, by Casey Washington. And, and uh, you know, at that point, uh, things looked pretty good. I mean, 17-10, to 10, that's a nice mm-hmm. lead to, to, to move in to, into the fourth quarter. But not, not that it really matters, but we did beat Nebraska, mm-hmm. who nearly – I mean, they went into Oklahoma, yeah, and everybody expected them game. to just get run over, and they hung in there. Game. So, I don't know yeah. what that means, but – yeah, right. And then just last thought, guys, I'm kind of on that is um, the, you know, we got people calling, trying to give away their tickets. I'm tired of watching this team. But what, when we went into that Maryland game, no one expected us to really win. I was just like, hey, I want to be competitive. 
And we were. We were competitive. Mm-hmm. So I know people are mad because we, we had the game won. We had it. And that's where the frustration comes. But don't give up on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're competitive. They're, they're, they're giving it their all. They're, they're right there. I mean, we had that win in our grasp. Same thing, you know, what I'm hoping for against Purdue, that we're competitive. We got an opportunity to win that game. You know, how many people thought they were going to still be up at midnight, 1 o'clock Eastern time on the, the East Coast here, watching that game mm-hmm. still uh, Friday we're night? We're giving up an awful lot in the passing game. Yeah. No, that's that's right. the problem with going to Purdue. The Purdue will, we know Purdue is effective passing the, the ball, and we yeah. know that Illinois is, so far is not. Rondale Moore is in the NFL, though, right? Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. him running for a touchdown <laughs> yesterday, so I know he's not at Purdue yeah, unless, that's right. unless they can bring him yeah. back for one game. He had a 76-yarder yesterday, but we said the same thing with Maryland, though, Lauren, so hopefully uh, maybe something's changed. All right. Hey, thank you, Steve. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Yep, good to hear from you. Thank you. I sent a note to Johnny Holiday, who does the play-by-play for Maryland, Mm -hmm. congratulating him on the win, and, you know, he said, "Here's here's what he said. He said, thanks, Brian. You guys deserve to win that game. He said, lots of focus, I'm sure, for Locks. Locksley this week will be on all the mental mistakes that were made. Said so it drives him nuts. Stay well. Your team is going to win a lot of games. How about that? Okay. That was from the Maryland side. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know he's being generous. But you know, mm-hmm. hey, I think he saw something there too. Competitiveness in in that sense. Nine forty nine at DWS. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back, get some more phone calls in before the top of the hour, and we're just talking Illini football now. Bears football. Bears got a win. They had the same score in reverse, 20-17. to 17. All They almost straight. let that one get away. They almost had that one get away. That's right. Back in a moment. 9.52. Hey, if you're a first responder, the folks at Castle Home Comfort have a great deal for you. $89.50 for their tune-up for both your air conditioner and your furnace. You get two for one, basically. So if you need your furnace tuned up here before wintertime, they'll also tune up your AC if you're a first responder. So when you call at 217-352-2800 at Castle Home Comfort, make sure you tell them you're a um, your first responder, and uh, they'll be happy to set that up for you. So a two-for-one, 89.50 tune-up for your furnace and your air conditioner, two for the price of one. They've been doing this for a long, long time, servicing our air conditioners and furnaces all these last four decades, and they ensure a job done right every time. Castle Home Comfort. Jeff and the crew over there will do a great job for you. They've done some work for me. I've been very happy with it. Jeff uh, Kenyon, the the, uh, folks at Castle Home Comfort, your home comfort heroes, 217-352-2800. All right, let's go back to the phones to Alan. Good morning, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, I'm kind of glad we got the Cardinals rolling now, but uh, that might be the only thing we're going to have for this this fall, I'm afraid. I was at the game the other night, and you guys are exactly right on the money. I do think possibly if McRae was still in the game, we might have went for it because we had a hot hand going, and then he gets hurt, and then Chase Brown gets hurt. I blame the offensive play calling for that game Friday night. We do not try. We did not try to win the game. We tried to. We didn't try to lose it, but we didn't try to win the game. You got to throw on first down. You got to loosen up the defense and just try to ram it down the throats, ram it down the throats. Not going to work. <clears throat> we were lucky we got as far as we did. We had a pass interference call, which went our way. That kept the drive going. But you got to 
make changes. Uh, our first quarter and our first fourth quarter offensive calling is atrocious. It's terrible. If you remember right, even in the Nebraska game, we quit playing in the fourth quarter. We didn't play to put the foot on the throats and just go downfield. We're just trying to run out the clock both times. And you can't win ball games like that. We're not good enough to do that. And uh, on the defensive side, we still gave up 450 yards. Do you realize we've only had one interception in four games? That ought to be enough to tell you how bad our defense is. And I can go on and on. I mean, every quarterback we have faced this year is better than our quarterback we have. And that's a problem, too. Well, I don't have I don't have many arguments with you. I mean, I I just think that uh, Illinois' pass offense is is not very good. And uh, you know, if you if you pay attention to rankings, I mean, they ranked the Illinois receivers the 14th in the Big Ten, and our quarterback for a couple of three games was was the uh, second team quarterback Sitkowski, which came from Rutgers, had very little preparation time. I think it's fair to say the, you know in terms of learning the offense and getting ready and. Now we brought uh, we brought uh, you know a regular quarterback back in, uh, uh, and Peters wasn't very effective. And a ten out of twenty six just won't cut it. And part of that is inept blocking. I mean, we had six sacks. So I the the combination of protection, passing, and receiving is way down. I mean, the the numbers are right there. And you know, defensively, the other teams have passed well against us. So we're, uh, Illinois has given up an awful lot in the passing game both ways. Mm. Yes, that's true. And it, isn't it amazing how every time we get a player that's starting to show promise and getting uh, better, they always get hurt? We've got four players like that this year. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Hart yeah. was really looking good. and. I think Randolph was looking good, and, yes. and I think that you're right about the McCray, the freshman. McCray, Chase Brown. I yeah, mean, and of course, our center, uh, our center was ranked among the top centers. One of the in best the centers in the country. Yeah. yeah, other coaches rave about him. Yeah, hmm. I don't Very know. I, I just like we got a curse against us. Of some kind, I don't well, know. Well, you and the, and the, you beat that. And I think on the receivers end of things, we right now because a they're inexperienced, but you know at the position we don't really have a, somebody to stretch the field. I mean, Span could be that guy, but right now he's still learning how to play the position. And so okay. you're so you're you're trying to figure out your receiving core right now. Really, I mean, they started. All right, Span, you're talking and, about that, Brian. Yeah. But what are we doing with Williams? What are we doing with our tight end? We keep talking about how good tight ends we got, and we got one of the best uh, playmakers on the team, and we don't even try to use him. I mean, Williams should have the ball in his hand 10 to 15 times, and we don't even try to do a jet sweep with him or anything a little different or try to get the ball to him. I mean, that's, that's frustrating as all get out. I mean, that, those are our best players, and we don't even try to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that that may be the case. I'm just talking about throwing deep. I mean, we don't really right. Or the guys we have aren't experienced enough yet, and you know, we don't have that kind of threat. We don't have any matter, Bebe. In other words, you can go up and throw it up and get it right he was now. Really good. I mean, that that's what I think. Now that may come eventually, but it's not there right now. Okay, then why don't we do a wide screen uh, receiver with Williams out there? Let him 
see if he can make a play or two. Yeah. We don't even try to do that. Well, I think uh, Bielema talked about that uh, after the previous game. He, he talked like he was he wanted to get the ball to win. He actually said mm-hmm. that 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 they, you know that was their intention. They didn't do it. I mean, obviously, but uh, well, he is your leading receiver. Twenty-one catches, two hundred and thirty yards mm-hmm. so far. What so, do you have? Uh, that's Saturday, good though, just, just yeah. only, only two catches the, yeah. the other night. So, yeah. yep. All right, Alan. All right, guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yep, it. Bye. We're up against the uh, news here. we got some more callers waiting. We'll get to you here right after the news on a, a penny for your thoughts. And we'll talk more about the Big Ten, how they did. Michigan State's been a surprise early. You have been. I don't know if anybody saw that coming, a big win at Miami. Uh, Ohio State only had 75,000 in their building at the Horseshoe. That was interesting. Normally they're well over 100,000. Yep. So uh, we'll talk about all the stuff with the Big Ten, the Bears, Colts, Packers. Illini stuff, all of that straight ahead on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Thanks to Dan McLaughlin for being with us off the top, talking about the Cardinals. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, the weather comes first. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Good to have you with us here on a Monday morning quarterback show. we got quite a week for you this week uh, on Penny. We've got Dr. David Fletcher tomorrow. We'll talk all the vaccine updates. We're talking about vaccines for kids older than five, maybe being a couple months away, maybe a month away. Uh, we'll get the the updates on that and any uh, vaccine-related questions for Dr. Fletcher tomorrow. We'll have Jim Dye with us on Wednesday. We'll have Brad Eukin with the Champaign County Farm Bureau. Harvest will underway. Saw the big semi-trucks load up at uh, Anderson's over there in line to unload. So that was a pretty busy time. And, and then Friday we'll get to our, uh, I think it's our Flashback Friday, I think, this week already. So we're approaching the end of the month here. In the month of September, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line is two one seven three five one five three five seven. Illinois at Purdue. That's a two thirty kick. Our game day coverage from West Lafayette and from here will begin at twelve thirty. Illini volleyball sweeps to the Redbird Classic title as they got past North Texas and Missouri and uh, Illinois State. So a good weekend for Chris Thomas and his team. We'll talk about that as we go along, of course, and uh, soccer and cross-country and everything else underway as well. And football, of course, at Purdue. You're looking for a line on... I'm looking for the line. I haven't found it. Somebody call okay. me. I, I'm okay. having trouble with my computer here. All right. Um, Purdue got beat by Notre Dame yeah, over the weekend. Two, four touchdowns to two about, I think. And it, I, I would say they would be slight favorite over Illinois. Mm-hmm. Not big. I don't think Purdue's unbeatable. I think that... You know, the last time we went over there, we had a little help, though. We had a little rain. It rained. I looked it up. We completed three passes in that game mm-hmm. <laughs> and won the game. Well, it was really hard to pass that yeah, day. It was a downpour. Remember that? I remember that. Water standing and everywhere. Just, just right down our alley. And Blake Hayes had the punt of the decade. Rolled it right, hit the pylon with it. Remember that? In the rain. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So that He was, is unbelievable. That was two years ago. Purdue beat Illinois in Champaign last year. Had a big lead. Illinois rallied late, but not enough. 
All right, uh, let's go back to the phones here, and let's uh, see who's next here. John, it appears. Hi, John. Good morning. Morning, man. Good morning. Uh, I don't want to belabor the football thing, but I had just a couple of quick things to add to that and a little question about basketball. I did not think we had a chance of winning that game. Uh, I thought we were very, very lucky uh, to come as close as we did. But when we got that close and we scored our last touchdown, I told my wife, boy, we need another, we need another score, uh, if we hope, if we hope to win this thing. And I was sick and I, it, it, it deflated me so much. And I think that trying to run out the clock basically is what we were doing. It, it looked to me like when we were running those uh, last plays that we had, it almost looked to me like we were trying to get the ball on the ground as quick as we could so we didn't lose it. And I, it's this is something that I cannot know, but it seemed to me that the kids and everyone would have had so much respect. I certainly would not have complained if we tried to win the ball game and had a fumble or something. The first thing we got to do is, like Lauren said, keep the ball away from them. Well, here, here's we the thing that I, I always go back to. Just this one thought. What did Zook and the staff on that other side, what did they want? They wanted one thing, the ball. Exactly. Anywhere, the ball. just give us the ball. Don't go for fourth and one. Whatever you do, give us the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. And I, if they wanted that, and I, am I wrong? Did they want that, or did they want us to go for fourth and one? What did they want? I, I wanted. I wanted to make. I wanted to make third and one instead of fourth and one. Well, to they, me, we just. Well, we, we ran the ball one court. yard. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought. Yeah, uh, I, I thought. I thought Blake Hayes was going to take a snap there for a minute. Yeah, that was, he sprinted uh, up and once he came up there, everybody knew what the trick was. I mean, yeah. the other, you know, everybody on they said, "Oh, they're going to try to draw us off sides." I mean, didn't you think that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody yeah. in the stadium knew what it was. I mean, it wasn't a trick. It was a trick, but it wasn't. It didn't fool anybody. But I have a. I don't know what what the right play call is, but I do know that I do know that the other all those people on that other sideline wanted us to kick that ball to them. They just wanted the ball. Mm-hmm. Martin, if, if, if that's what they wanted, then we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. You got if one I more thing. Have, yeah. If, if uh, yeah, then a quick comment on basketball. If I if I had uh, the one thing that I wanted was the inspiration that the team gets from beating a team that was trying to give them the ball game, and we it was almost like we refused to take it we're going to gamble on our defense and that that's bad mistake well what you I see a, what you see in basketball you see a thousand times a year the team ahead tries to run the clock crawls in the corner the other team gets very aggressive very off you know very offensive minded they shoot real quick they come down on offense as hard as they can and we get the ball back we're ahead and we stall we stall everybody does it it isn't like it's illinois or it isn't like it's ohio state or it isn't like it's Mm-hmm. Gonzaga. Everybody does that. Everybody tries to run out clock, and and I'm 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 concerned about our our team, you know, and and I I just love to see a team 
that takes advantage of a break that they got because I honestly didn't think when, when you saw what ease they scored with that they didn't make a mistake. I thought Maryland would beat us uh, by two or three touchdowns, really, when I, when I saw how they might go uh, first down, second down, and, you know, come up with third and eight, they get 15. And uh, we just kind of waited for them to make a mistake. But the last time we made the mistake, we, we let them have the ball back. Okay. What do you, what do you got? Yeah, go ahead with basketball. Uh, yep, go ahead. Uh, Lauren, uh, this, this is for you. I don't know who did this last year, but someone at the News Gazette, uh, did something that was very helpful, uh, for the football or for the basketball season was there was a nice, there was a lot of articles, of course, uh, pre-basketball season, but one that I really enjoyed having was the roster of the entire team, uh, you know, complete with, uh, where they came from. Uh, how many years they had and everything, and I sure hope that's repeated uh, 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 this year. Well, that's on your phone if you want to get it off there. It, it's already on the phone, okay. Well, it's uh, on, yeah, it's, it's on it's on your iPhone. Yeah, right? you can get it fightingillini.com. dot com. They'll have yeah. the roster there. I got everything about oh, every player. I, I I appreciate that. Thank you very All right. much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. Speaking of basketball, I think Howard wants to talk about that. How you doing, Howard? Good, Brian. How you doing? Good. Just a couple couple things i've been I, I i'm liking the way that the band's coming in now that i think that's really neat oh at the south end yeah under the tunnel there well yeah it looks pretty cool i kind of yeah. like that we haven't seen that for a while uh, laura i've got a question um can you give me a, a kind of a little scouting report on austin hutchinson well, I can't. I can and I can't. I mean, I, you know, I got a got a report from one of the guys that watched the scrimmage on Friday. I guess he watched it. He, at least he said, "Boy, Hutcherson really looked good." I don't know. Uh, he's about six six. I, he's a he's a wing. He's a he's a good shooter. He's got some some jumping ability. A, a special, uh, you know, he's an athlete. The problem being, he hadn't played for two years, so I don't know what to expect. I they think that if he can carry over what he's doing in practice, he's going to play, but. I also hear that he might not start. I mean, it's going to be a toss-up for him as whether he's going to be a starter or is going to come off the bench. But if he plays well in the early games, he'll be starting. Where is he from? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What school is he? What, he's yeah. a transfer from he's, was he's it, Division it, not, three school, not, right? Yeah, not Williams. What was the name of it? Yeah, I can't. I have to look it up. I can't remember. Um, well, anyway, I've run into Wesleyan. him. Couple places around town in parking lots, and we've had some interesting conversations. I'm really, really impressed with him as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Underwood is very high on him, but again, uh, you got to show it in games and not just in practice. And that's what we'll see. We'll find out if he is is that good. But uh, I think I think he's going to be a critical member of the team, and he'll definitely be in the rotation. And it's possible he will start. We had a little brief conversation the other day at at one a restaurant in town, and he says the second team that they have to go up against in practice every day is 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 really tough. It's hard to get anything past them. They 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 really well. That's right. They got really good defensive players like Payne and like uh, Plummer's very good if he's a sec- on the second team. And Williams is a t- tough guy to play against, as we see. That's why. He, Started so many games for Illinois the last couple of years. He's tough defensively and he's solid. He said they just cut you off on everything. It's hard to get to to the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that sounds really good. I'm I'm really excited about it. Well, I think they've got a good ball club coming back. But so does Purdue, so does Michigan, so does Ohio State. There's going to be yeah, a, everybody. It's going to be, it's going and, to be a, and another thing I was thinking about the other day was there ever any repercussion of uh, against uh, Michigan State for that thug taking Iowa out when he drove the lane that time? Not that I know of. I don't Did think he so. Ever face any penalty or anything? Not that I know of. And he probably won't because of who it was. Well, it's not going to happen now. No. Mm-hmm. This many months later, no. No. Okay, that's right. it. Thank you, Howard. All right, thank you. We got a lot of people that watch the uh, betting lines. <laughs> okay. We got three people. Okay. Purdue is eleven point favorite. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. Yeah, minus eleven. Three different people. Purdue minus eleven. Purdue's an eleven point favorite. Yeah. So, there you go. Well, I, I'm surprised. It's, aren't you surprised? It's that much. Yeah, I thought it'd be less than ten. I did too. I, Eleven seems high, but maybe that's what they're counting on. <laughs> is your initial thought? <laughs> I think these teams will be comparable in the line. I I think that Illinois will probably have a superior running game. I just it's the passing game that worries me. Obviously, Purdue lives on the pass. I mean, that's that's their uh, identity, and Illinois doesn't have really doesn't have an identity yet. That's something we got to build uh, under. Uh, under Bielema, I think that'll think? come. Yeah, that's I th- what. And I think it'll be more of a running game and and a better defense. But right now, we I, I don't see that. Ten twenty two at Newstalk fourteen hundred DWS. September is National Preparedness Month, a month dedicated to the awareness of preparation for emergencies that can happen anywhere, anytime. Of course, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, wildfires. Busey sharing tips this month to ensure you and your family are financially prepared. Save money in an emergency savings account. Reach out to your local Busey branch or use the new online account opening option through Busey.com. Have access to important documents to start the recovery process quickly and efficiently. Make sure you store documents in a safety deposit box or a safe in your home. And they say security property, homeowners or renters, health and life insurance if you don't already have them. Review your policy to make sure the amount and types of coverage you have meet the requirements for all possible hazards. Busey, they've been doing this for 150 years of strength and service. They're with you every step of the way. Go to Busey.com. Need a break? Back with more here with Lauren Tate. Your thoughts on the football game, football team, basketball, volleyball, lots of high school football to talk about, high school golf getting in down the stretch for them. And we'll have more to come here on A Penny for Your Thoughts on a Monday morning. raining in some spots around our listening area. Good to have you with us here. Glad you're listening on A Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning on this Monday. We'll have Dr. David Fletcher in studio tomorrow at 9. We'll talk about all the vaccine latest development, keeping an eye on Wall Street as well here this morning on this Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Dye will join me on Wednesday visiting with Lauren Tate here on our Monday morning quarterback show after a busy weekend of Big Ten football, Illini football, Illinois playing at Purdue at 2.30 on Saturday, all the coverage, of course, with Sports Talk. Our guys at the Esquire tonight. Chris Thomas, after his team won the Redbird Classic, will be on in the first hour on Saturday. I mean, this morning on a Penny for Your Thoughts, getting ready and talking about their week this week as they get ready. And, of course, football getting ready for Purdue at West Lafayette at ross Aid, where Illinois won two years ago. Michigan State won. Michigan won over the weekend. 
trying to think. Wisconsin was off. They play Notre Dame this Saturday stadium, huh? at Soldier Field yeah. this weekend, which will be fun, I would think. Yeah. Having that Notre Dame playing in Chicago anytime is... That'll be a battle. Wisconsin's got to open up their offense a little bit. They can beat Notre Dame, but they play so conservative, you, you, just, you know it'll be a low-scoring game because their defense is really good. But their offense, they're, they're just kind of hesitant. It seemed like they just don't want to turn it loose. Minnesota got a victory over the weekend. Iowa won again, held another team down to like seven points. Yeah, Iowa's defense is the best in the country, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of Michigan State. Well, they got a guy named Walker that's running the football for them, and they got a running game, and and they're they're running up, posting a lot of yards. So they are clearly improved. That's a good win over Miami, at Miami, by the way. By the way, speaking of playing in Florida, the swamp was really jumping. They almost knocked Alabama off. They missed by a mm-hmm. two-point conversion of tying them. Alabama, st- overtime. Alabama, and Georgia is still one and two in the most recent AP poll. Iowa's still at number five. Yep. And Penn State's number six. What we've got, I, I think, is a season that's is a little more fun than than some have been from a, looking at it from the national standpoint. It's more competitive, I think, up and down the line. Even the teams that are winning are barely winning. Alabama, you mentioned Georgia. Oregon is three. Oklahoma, four. Penn State got outplayed by Wisconsin and won the game. That's right. By one point. They, they really did. Iowa, number five. Penn State, number six. Texas A&M, number seven. Cincinnati had to rally to beat Indiana. But they really were effective in that second half. They dominated that football game. They beat Indiana fair and square. Clemson is What's number... What's the quarterback's name? Ritter? Oh, for Cincinnati? Yeah, he's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, aren't there? <laughs> Fresno State has a really good quarterback, apparently. Led them to a win late yeah. on Saturday yeah. night. Uh, yeah. Number nine is Clemson. Number 10 is Ohio State. This is the first time since November 2014 that Clemson and Ohio State were ranked outside the eighth spot. And BYU, yeah. which is going to be in the Big 12, has now beaten three Pac-12 teams. Arizona, <laughs> Arizona State, and Utah. <laughs> That's that's something to, you know, that's something to be proud of, isn't it? Absolutely. I was listening on my way up to Olympia Fields last night. I was listening to the Bears post game shows. Okay. And there's three or four of them on. There, you just tune across. Yeah. Seven twenty eight ninety six. What'd you hear? It was almost like they lost the game. Well, they were all mad at Nagy. They, 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 you know, play calling for Matt the coach was terrible. You know, at what this, point? I mean, just it, throughout the, the game, throughout the game, throughout the yeah, game, except right? for the first drive. They liked well, the first drive. Well, he lost his quarterback. You know, and I kept thinking and the whole time, guys, in. they had like three and four interceptions, four turnovers, a pick they, six, touchdown. They had three consecutive interceptions. Yeah, and you got what you wanted. You got Justin Fields in the game. I, I was like, man, he you guys sound like you're he really. He wasn't angry. very effective passing the ball. He wasn't. As one guy said, he looks like a rookie, <laughs> which is what he is. And some of the tackles they made on him, too, they were reminding him that, you know, you're not at Ohio State anymore. That's right. You were in the NFL they brought now, him down, didn't they? And we're not even in the preseason NFL. We're in the regular season NFL. So there's a lot to learn there, you can tell, for him. But he's going to be good, I think, well, I mean, over, over the long be. haul. All right, 217 we got Michael Kaiser with the news headlines coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll continue with more. Uh, your phone calls, emails, and texts are welcome. Several texts have come in here in the last few minutes. We'll get to those, and we'll talk vaccines tomorrow on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Here's Michael. From 
the Maryland 38. Hand off to the tailback. Josh McCray to the left. To the outside 30. 25. Stiff arm at the 15. To the 10. 5. Touchdown! Josh McCray, the big freshman from Alabama, rambles in. Touchdown, Illinois. And it's 10-9 from 38 yards out. Big number zero. Big number zero looked pretty good on that carry. He was shedding tacklers. He did. As he, he went. He, he had a pretty good straight arm early in that run. Then he had, he evaded two other tacklers that got a piece of him. But uh, the play that preceded that, I want to bring up because it was a it was a a, a pitch outside to the uh, to Chase Brown, which seemed to be open to me during the course of that game. And I thought the I was hoping they'd go back to it, but they didn't. But he made twenty one yards on the on the previous play. So back to back they made a twenty one yard gain on a on a pitch out and then a thirty eight yard run, <clears throat> which put Illinois in a in a ten to ten tie. And of course from there they went uh they 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 within moments they had the ball back on Seth Coleman's steal, mm-hmm. which was a terrific play by the way, defensively. He just stole the ball from the ball. Absolutely. Server. And then that was the one really bad pass that that um Peters threw in the game. He overthrew. I think it was Ford on the left hand side, that's right. wide open, and the ball uh, went right to the defender who intercepted and returned it. And that was a that was a key point in the game, and that was a point that uh, Illinois had great momentum at that stage. And it, by the way, uh, these games are, are games of momentum. They really are. I mean, you see that's all absolutely. The time. I yeah. mean, Illinois trailing. Uh, Nebraska nine to two, and the next thing you know, they score four straight touchdowns. Would, would they have scored the third touchdown if they hadn't scored the first two? I mean, how much of it would, of that was momentum? And and Illinois had real momentum at that point. After Maryland had great momentum to start the second half, they 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 went had two great marches, and they scored on one, and the other one they fumbled on the on the, on about the five yard line or whatever it was. I guess it was a seven yard line, but um, in any case. It is a game of momentum, and we let the momentum get away with that bad pass by Peters, which raises my next question, which we talked about off the air. Who's the quarterback against Purdue? Yeah, that's one of the questions we have on the text line. Mm-hmm. Does, does BP, Brandon Peters, what do you think? is he under center? I think he will be. I think, I think they'll stay with Peters, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think it's – I think it's kind of a toss-up. And I caught, uh, I caught a lot of heat for saying that with uh, Kelly the other day that I didn't see much difference in the two quarterbacks. And somebody said, well, Peters is a lot better, and you're stupid for saying that. So maybe I am. (laughs) And they want to know, the defense lived up to its name. We actually were among the first teams to score touchdowns on Maryland. Of course, Howard didn't score much on them. West Virginia got a couple. uh, A couple of special team scores, too, I think, at least one. And the Illini can compete with anyone. Go Illini. Uh, Brian and Lauren watching Purdue versus Notre Dame. It was observed that uh, Purdue throws 66% of the time. Their short yardage play of choice is a pass with a high percentage completion rate. Their passing offense looks too explosive for our defense. I hope the 11-point differential uh, is not what it seems to be. Or I don't know what that – I didn't quite understand that last sentence. But anyway, well, high re- completion rate. Get ready. It's going to rain footballs at Purdue. <laughs> it always does if they can. Remember when Joe Tiller was there? Oh, yeah, I do. And the Breeze and company? Yeah. How good yeah. they were? They had a lot of good quarterbacks at Purdue over, over time. Yes, they have. The cradle of quarterbacks there. Uh, let's go to John. Good morning, John. 
Good morning. I my question is with Ford. I I I didn't even realize that he even played, but uh, I did hear that you did mention that he did play. Well, so he, uh, he's a good blocker. He he was in there a lot as a blocker. Yeah, but I'm 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 looking for the passes, not the long passes that we seem to be really trying to do. do. I want to see the little short passes over the, the middle or sideline passes that'll, that'll gain you some yardage and keep your hands on the ball, you know. But we keep thinking that we can throw long. Mm-hmm. And how is uh, Alice McCray, or have you heard? We don't know. Yeah, we have not heard. Um, all we knew okay. is he went to the hospital. Yeah, we've got a yeah, press conference with the coach at 1 o'clock today. We may or may not learn, depending on what he tells us. Okay. But I'm still looking forward to doing great things, but uh, I guess you say blocking. Well, he, anyway. I, I, all I can tell you is that in, in, the, in the win over Nebraska, we did beat Nebraska, didn't we, Brian? I think we did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, uh, they, when they were running all those plays to the left, and they had Kramer pulling out of the center position, they had Ford blocking down from the end position, and they had Lowe and, and Gerasati on the left side. I thought they ran that ball pretty hard against them on that level. They saw something over there, and I don't know exactly what it was, but they saw that they could gain over there, and they were making yardage on the left side, and he was a key blocker on that. Okay. He also caught a touchdown pass in that game. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'd like to see him catch some, you know, balls over the middle because he's big enough. He can handle it. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, John. Good show. Yep, good thoughts today. Thank you. 1042, we had Dan McLaughlin on earlier. If you missed any of that after the show is over, you can go to WDWS.com and listen for that. 1042 at News Talk 1400, DWS. All things basement tea, the folks at Woods Basement Systems, they will help take care of those things. If you need extra peace of mind when it comes to basement wall cracks, bowing and basement walls, uh, call toll-free, 888-935-4333, or go online at woodsbasementsystems.com. Just recognized as the number three overall foundation dealer, the number seven concrete repair dealer in their network in the USA, and they've earned the trust of their community here locally with three in a row News Gazette People's Choice Awards. Woods Basement Systems, they've done some work for me as well. Along the way, we had some water seeping in a couple of years ago, and they took care of that for us in our foundation. Anything basementy, the problems do not go away, but they do go away when you contact the folks at Woods Basement Systems. 1043 on a Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback show. Donna's with us. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. Um, Brian, uh, we attended both of the volleyball matches at the ISU Invitational Tournament on Friday. And the first match, uh, both teams you know, when it was their point, it was point uh, Illinois or point for the opposing team. But in the second match, in the evening, we played ISU. And the courtside announcer, um, first they honored Dr. Linda Herman, who was, um, I think, had been a player, but she had been a coach. She had been an interim AD, uh, held many had been there for many years and had also been very instrumental in ISU uh, quickly getting uh, Title IX in place at ISU. And it was, uh, they had lots of former players, some of them on video, some of them in person speak about her and how great she was in uh, promoting women's sports 
and the respect of women in athletics. They also honored uh, the first woman president, which just started this fall. And then uh, they announced both teams' names. And after that, the courtside announcer only gave the points, like point Illinois State. He only said that. He never gave the points like Point Illinois. Hmm. Um, well, we know who he was for. <laughs> during three sets, and we took we beat him in three sets. Uh, but it wasn't. We were about six rows behind him, <laughs> and my husband and two other gentlemen of similar age finally started saying Point Illinois when Illinois got a point. But he never once said it. So if you were a blind person there, you would not have known that there was another team on the floor after mm. the teams were announced. The only other time he gave uh, gave uh, credit to Ellen, mentioned Illinois as far as getting a point was if there was a protested point, and then if Illinois got the point, he would say the point went to Illinois. Mm. But other than that, he never gave the points he never said point illinois it was just blatant that in three matches wow and is there anything that governs how a courtside announcer does it or is it just isu this was an invitational tournament and this was not the way to handle it i do not know if he pulled the same type of behavior with the other teams when isu played them because we were there, but I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. But it was so blatant that, you know, you eventually yeah. noticed it. I don't know. I have to ask somebody at game operations over at uh, the University of Illinois how they, ha- I, you know, well, they I'm, always announce point I'm whoever. Sure that the athletic director at Illinois State would not approve. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not, uh, but, but I don't know what the... But the athletic, yeah, the athletic director was there at least initially when they were announcing Dr. Linda Herman, so I don't know if he stayed uh, or well, not, but, you know... Well, maybe he would have it, <laughs> it also seemed ironic that he... Um, here they were promoting women in sports, and yet he totally disrespected Illinois' team, I mm, felt. Yeah. Interesting. I've not heard that before. That's uh, yeah. yeah we've, uh, <laughs> we've been to a lot of games and even NCAA games in volleyball, and we've never seen this happen yeah. before. So anyway, yeah. well, just wondered if you had any insight into yeah. it. I'll have to ask around about that. I don't know. I, I assume okay. you just it's supposed to be done. You know, both teams, oh, but yeah. but I don't know why they wouldn't. So maybe they, they just you know. Yeah, and we beat them 25-16 yeah. in all three matches, which is kind of unusual to have exactly the same score in all three <laughs> matches and took them in three. Well, that's that's the bottom line. We won. so That's the bottom okay, line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Donna. All right. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate uh-huh. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't know why they would, would not do that. That's interesting. Uh, Mike is with us. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Hey, uh, I wanted to express my personal opinion on the quarterback situation. You guys may disagree, and I'm sure others will, but I guess from my viewpoint, I've always felt you don't lose a position or starting position from injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Brandon's had, you know, a game in part of a quarter to show that he can, you know, be the number one, and everyone has a bad game. My opinion is you he definitely starts the Purdue game and, and give him a half or a, a full game, whatever, the coaches feels appropriate to show that he can do the job. I'm I'm concerned 
that he's got a great arm but doesn't have the football IQ or the fiery sort of leadership, you know, attitude that most successful quarterbacks do. And if after another game or so, it just seems like it's not going anywhere, I think then you give the ball to Sleater, I uh, uh, can't pronounce his yeah. name, and because uh, he's going to be your quarterback for the next couple years probably, unless someone else comes in, and just ride him and get what you get, and uh, hopefully he'll develop over the course of the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. If he totally falls apart, then you go back to Peters, and we've got that you know situation where if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm interested in this team. whole idea that yeah. you never give the uh, starting, you always give the starting position back to your regular. You know, what if the other guy has a really good game? You mean to tell me that you take and put the other quarterback in, even yeah. though your reserve quarterback had a great game? I don't think so. You mean you I mean think, like well, I, never I think say always there's yeah. there's always right situation right okay but yeah. I mean I've been hearing that for you know all week and I'm just thinking you mean like Lou Gehrig yeah stepping in and <laughs> never never coming out yeah Wally Pip <laughs> Wally Pip should have never come to the bench right <laughs> but uh, never, well I know that Brett Bielma speaks highly of Sitkowski's demeanor in the huddle. He really He's talked about it, yeah. that. He really and likes they, it. They've, they've he talked does. an awful lot about not liking the uh, uh, personal aggressiveness of Peters. He's always had that problem. He he's very quiet, and I'm not I'm not saying that you can't be great and be quiet. I'm just saying that's what mm-hmm. that's the thing that they were trying to deal Comparison with. Comparison point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know non non player person who's on the sideline every game who shall be not be named, but he, yeah, he said that um, the difference between Peters and in our in just demeanor is night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thank so you, sir. Anyway, thank you. Good thoughts. Illinois and Purdue Saturday at two thirty kickoff. Twelve thirty Illini game day. Back in a moment here on Penny for your thoughts on Monday. Ten fifty four here on a penny for your thoughts. It was pouring rain a minute ago. Now the sun's out, <laughs> so I can't make up its mind here. What's happening? Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven ten fifty four on a penny for your thoughts. The beef house in Covington, Indiana. Ed's leaving early Saturday oh, morning. Are you going to the beef His house? His car and... won't go by the beef house without turning <laughs> in. I don't know if they're open that early, <laughs> but uh, the Beef House in Covington, Indiana, established in 1964 for steak, chicken, pork, pasta, and seafood. The steaks, of course, they're bread and butter, if you will. Speaking of bread, they have the Beef House rolls. Make sure you check out all the Beef House entrees. Exit 4, I-74 in Covington, Indiana. If you're on your way to Purdue this weekend, there you go, a prime stopping spot and uh, Bob Wright's a Purdue guy, but he welcomes all football denominations are welcome. So you can stop in there and say hello. Tell him we sent you in. 10.55 at DWS. Good morning, gentlemen. How are the running backs? We've talked about this a little bit. Heard McCray went to the hospital. Love, Epstein. Well, Epstein's out for another month, probably. Somebody said they saw, I don't know who they mean by him, one of those three, said saw him walking around in shorts Friday night. I guess they mean Epstein. Yeah. So... I don't know whether he'll be back or not. I mean, he's going to miss half the season here. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, the, the Chase Brown, we don't know um, when, whether he'll be. I don't know what his problem is. He said he got injured on the other. All Bielma said was he got injured on the other shoulder. Other yeah. side, yeah. Other, other side, other, whatever. Other shoulder. I guess, I don't know if it's a shoulder or not, but it's the well, other side. His whatever. original injury was a shoulder. Yeah, so yeah. that would make sense. Uh, it says here, Texter says, went to the game Friday night. I think the game was played between two poor teams. I thought the Maryland quarterback was very good. I believe in the orange and blue for over 65 years. I'll be watching the game Saturday. Somebody says. And good morning, Brian and Lauren. My Florida State Seminoles are 0-3. Yeah, sure are. My Miami Hurricanes lost to Michigan State. What's happening with two of my football teams? That's got to be Benny. I don't know. <laughs> Florida State just about beat Notre Dame. Probably should have. Yeah, they, and they right didn't. there, but they've had trouble in their other games. Well, they let uh, Jacksonville State. Come on. Yeah. What was it? A 57-yard touchdown pass on the last, the last play of the play game? Of the game. <laughs> I can still see it. The, yeah, I uh, caught the ball in about the 10 or 15 and just took a left turn and went right in the end zone. Bears beat the Bengals yesterday, as we mentioned. The Rams beat the Colts 27-24. Arizona Cardinals beat the Vikings 34-33. A lot of close games yesterday. Tough, tough year for the Vikings so far. Yep, and the Ravens 36-35 over the Chiefs. Packers and Lions tonight. So those are some of the news and scores from the NFL. And I don't know what you were doing on this day, Lauren. 1973. It was a big tennis match made for TV between Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King. Did you know I played golf one time with Bobby Riggs? Did you really? He's still mad at me. He wanted more of my money. <laughs> He's a, he is a gambler. He, doesn't, he wouldn't take a club back unless there was a bet on it. And I, he threw that match to her. You know that, don't you? Is that right? He threw it. You okay. bet. In straight he, sets. He did. Yeah, he, I'm, I bet he had money on it. Or friends of his had money on it. <laughs> Bobby Riggs was a—he was a bad guy. I'm telling you. Well, he had beaten Margaret Court before. He could played he, her, and then he, he played have, Billie he, Jean. He could have beaten Billie Jean. He was missing shots that he never missed. Is that right? Oh yeah. So he was—he was pretty good tennis player. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll was, say he yeah. was mm -hmm. at one time. Mm -hmm. Of course, he—he he was past his prime when he played. This bad, bad knees and all. Yeah. I think Billie Jean had to lower the net for him to come over for him to come over and congratulate her. I think is what I remember. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Billie Jean King on this day, 1973. We mentioned Lou Gehrig, uh, 1998 on this day after playing in a record 2,632 straight games over 16 years. Cal Ripken Jr. sat out a game against the Yankees, yep. ending his Iron Man streak. I remember the story of how he went to the manager and told him. And he was like, are you sure? It was the first time he hadn't been in the game in 16 years. That's a lot of games. All right, Lauren. Well, we did it. Uh, appreciate Dan McLaughlin being with us in that first hour, updating us on the Cardinals. Follow the White Sox, of course. They're about to clinch. Yep. So pretty close on that. The Roos has brought them home. And we'll uh, discuss all of that going forward. Of course, Illinois – Football coverage this week with all the sports talk shows. Esquire tonight after Scott has his portion, Chris Thomas usually on, on Monday. So all of that straight ahead today on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad Lauren was here with us. Back tomorrow, we'll talk vaccines, get the vaccine update with Dr. David Fletcher. Jim died middle of the week. Flashback Friday at the end of the week on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Blake Land has been our producer. Thanks for being with us. WDWS Champaign-Urbana.